Freebooters Network. Hi, this is Devin Truck with the Freebooters Network. Today we bring you another issue of Hero Man and Sidekick Boy. We hope you enjoy the show. In a trick in a book and I bake there All that I can find Superman and Green Lantern ain't got Another no Hello and welcome to issue 25 of Hero Man and Sidekick Boy. My name is Ian Clark. And I'm joined, as always, by the August Avenger himself, Mr. Andrew Howard. Andy, how are you today? I think I really should be the July Avenger, only because that's when my birthday is. But I'm doing very well. Yeah, but I figure in July, because it's your birthday, you're taking the time off from avenging. Oh, that's true. Actually, I'm doing the most avenging possible during my birthday. (laughs) (laughs) All the injustices that have happened to me (laughs) uh, throughout the previous year. Yeah. I guess I always look at my birthday as my new year. Like, I don't care when the rest <laughs> of the calendar celebrates its new year. Like, that's all. Nice. That's all like, hooey. Festivus, your airing of grievances and all that. Yeah. Yeah. I get to wrap it all up into one month. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. All right. Well, we are back again to talk comic books. And before we get into the regular part of the show, we figured it would be proper to address what has gone on between the Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, Studios and Sony not being able to reach any kind of agreement on what to do with continuing the Spider-Man movies. So, Andy, what's your take on that? I was really surprised. This, to me, came out of left field. Um, It seemed... Now, I have not seen the Far From Home yet, but from what I've been reading, what other people have told me, you know, it was... It was good. It seemed to kind of fit into the continuing MCU. But I'll tell you what, you know, the Internet has not been kind to this decision, like uh, (laughs) to say the least, to say the least. I think there's some pretty funny stuff out there. But yeah, to me, that kind of came out of left field. And I really I I get that there has to be a business decision somewhere on this, that that they're, you know, at a certain point, that is a character that is worth a lot of money. Um, and there, there has to be a way for Sony to monetize it. It's a, it's a property of theirs. Um, that would be like Nike saying, "Oh yeah, sure, Reebok, use the swoosh for a while. Like <laughs> right, we're right. good with that." I, and I, and I, I understand that part of part of the concept. It's just a shame because he seemed to have fit well in to what kind of the Marvel Cinematic Universe had been doing. Um, and I know this doesn't really change what happens with his kind of, you know, on paper characters and stuff, but it is, it's kind of a disappointment because I think people are really liking where that universe was going. I don't know, what, what do you think? Yeah, and the funny thing is, too, I think, at least mostly from what I saw, most of the people were putting the blame on Sony, which I'm, I'm not sure that's fair because, as you said, they... I mean, they own the rights to that character. It goes back to the whole Marvel bankruptcy thing when they when they sold off all the movie rights, and that's why Fox still has X Men or had X Men and and all that. It, it goes back to that. So I don't think you can fault Sony for, you know, if fans just want to keep seeing what they've been seeing, and this move makes it so you know essentially the next Spider Man movie, even though it will continue out of Far From Home it's going to have to be self-contained. You won't see a lot of the crossover characters that you have. So will that hurt the product? That remains to be seen. But but I, I think Sony taking the blame for this, I think is maybe a little bit misplaced because it's 
they have every right to want to hang on to, as you said, a very valuable property, and uh, and they couldn't come to an agreement. So I don't know. It's it, the bottom line is that it's it's unfortunate, and hopefully it doesn't hurt what we see going forward because I really enjoy it far from home. So we'll just have to wait and see, I guess. Well, and I was also hoping that with him being uh, in in that kind of MCU, that we might see. Um, something with the second, although I guess that could be like the Venom movie too. Um, yeah, and you know, and they're starting to set up sort of a Sinister Six, which they still can because those, you know, those are Spider-Man characters, so they're they fall under the Sony umbrella. But yeah, so but Venom is still Sony, so um, and that's and Andy, uh, um, uh, Golem, um. Andy Circus. Yes. Andy Circus is going to be directing that. So I don't know. Maybe we'll get to see a real Spider Man in that. And then, you know, we'll, we'll see. I don't know. It's one of those things where you kind of hope that something happens. And then supposedly there's kind of the, you know, hints of a Carnage movie as well. So I don't know. Maybe they'll do more to build those movies up using, um, using the, the Spider-Man's kind of franchise. Yeah. And that was one of the reasons I didn't see Venom. It got poor reviews, but I, I'm not a huge Venom fan. Anyway, he's one of those characters that got overused to the point where I, it was kind of like the, the opposite for me. It was, there was so much of him. I was like, you know what? I don't, I don't care anymore about this character. And then they added more with, like you said, with carnage and things like that. So, but one of the big things was, well, there's, there's no Spider-Man in this movie. It's, you know, and we'll see, we'll see what happens later on, on the DC side of things with the Joker movie. If there's no Batman in the, in the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie, how, how that's going to work. So yeah, I, I would be more open to the Venom sequel if you have Spider-Man in there and, and start to work with, with some of that. But yeah, I don't know. Well, I guess there's also the idea because they're also doing they've also announced the Morbius movie, too. But I thought that was MCU, but maybe that's um, Fox as well. So or Sony. Yeah, because he Sony. Sorry. Yeah. Is he that's a good question. If he's even considered if he came under the Spider-Man agreement, you know what I mean? Because certain certain characters are obviously Spider-Man associated, like Green Goblin and and ones like that. But. Yeah, Morbius might be in that gray area where MCU might own him. I'm not sure where yeah, he's Yeah, I can't. I'm trying to see if it's uh, won't be directly connected to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Is it's what it's saying? But oh, okay. But I can't tell if it's who's. Uh, it's not clear which interpreter Tony. Uh, oh, so Sony is doing it. So Sony has. So that's that's interesting. I wonder if that's maybe why they were a little more reluctant to give it up. If they've got a carnage, a venom, uh, a Morbius movie kind of all, all in the works, it's a little hard to, to give up, you know, all of that. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that Morbius and again, who knows, maybe they'll repair things and, and we'll get these crossovers, but man, with the new blade movie, you know, and Mahershala Ali, playing Blade, and then Morbi, you got Morbius in there, that would be an awesome potential crossover right there. Yeah. So, yeah. And obviously with Blade, they're introducing the idea of vampires directly into the MCU. So, yeah, there's there's 
potential there, but we'll I, you know we'll have to see what happens. Hopefully this is a hopefully this is just a hiccup and they they're able to to patch things up. And well, maybe like I said too, like we, if they make a better quality set of movies around Spider-Man, you know, because there have been talk of a Craven the Hunter movie as well. Um, but if they actually have, like, I think, like you said, Venom didn't ha- have, you know, it didn't have Spider-Man in it. So, you know, why, like, why have that movie? Um, <laughs> right. But I think the internet's biggest concern was we were going to see another reboot of Spider-Man and see Uncle Ben die again. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Which I, I think we don't need. And and this doesn't, it's not like, it's not like they're scrapping Tom Holland. Like, they're still going forward with Tom Holland, so I don't... I don't feel like we need a reboot. We just go. You, I know you haven't seen Far From Home, so I won't spoil anything. But we, you go on what happens at the ending there, and you move forward. So, yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens there. Yeah, so I just wanted to bring that up because it's it's one of those things that it's interesting how a a on paper character can can have one life and be owned by one company, but then his screen app adaptation is owned by someone and controlled by someone else. It's a very kind of interesting um, component because, you know, a lot of what Marvel does now, you know, even though they're, you know, their comics are telling a different story is they're, they're definitely trying to appeal to that audience that watched, you know, the movies and stuff. Um, a lot of the more popular titles are the ones that are tied in with characters from the MCU um, and people, you know, clamoring for, you know, more of the characters from the comics to appear in those movies. So it's just interesting in this case. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, good chat on that. And we will, uh, we'll move forward. Currently humanity looks to the internet for its information. We have stood at the edge of despair, and would have fallen. If not for awesome podcasts, and their content of everything we love. Now these podcasts are all brought together in one place. Forged in like-mindedness, tempered with a community-oriented forum, covering all things geek, such as wargaming, board gaming, comics, movies, and more. Presenting a lineup of podcasts producing exclusive content for the fans. The Freebooters Network. Trolls want to steal our community. Let them try. Got it, 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 all right, welcome into the poll list where we discuss our monthly readings. Also, a quick note: hopefully, the sound quality is okay on this one. We had some issues uh, with my mic. I'm on a different mic than I normally use. We had some interference. We we checked. We did a test recording. Checked, sounded okay. So hopefully, this one sounds okay. And and this is just me going on for 30 seconds about something that has nothing to actually do with what's happening in the recording. But uh, so anyway, apologies if there is any issue with sound quality in this one. But moving forward, we are into the pull list, and as usual, uh, and and we'll get to the mailbag at the end. But but Jamie Dieg and Searle, who's a, a frequent contributor on the Facebook page uh, and with the Nerd Herders podcast as well, chimes in there. 
he kind of took me to task a little bit for for because I started another podcast and and he's saying, oh, how can you do three when you're not even keeping up with your monthly reading? And to that, Jamie, I say, that's fair. That's <laughs> that's fair. I, I I get it. But I I'm trying to do better. I'm almost caught up on Star Wars. I'm completely caught up on Conan. Uh, so we we can talk about all that stuff. But um, but yeah, I'm trying to do better. It's I got so I got like six months behind with Star Wars. So that kind of means I have to sit and catch up in a chunk and i got to like i think i was two months away from being caught up and then the new one came out so anyway i'm still behind on star wars <laughs> so. yeah if we want to jump right into it i think you're gonna catch up to me um oh interesting i don't <sighs> are you not enjoying it is that why you're not yeah it's um so i think this month i just or this so the other thing that's happening too is it's coming out it's coming out fast and furious right now. So it is, uh, it's not because they're doing each. There's basically three storylines that are going on right now. So you have princess Leia and Han, um, Luke and R2D2 and Chewie in C3PO. So you're getting, you're getting it kind of, um, you know, three different kind of three different tales at a time. It's not, I like when they're all together, I guess. Um, So it's a little tougher for me to kind of enjoy the way they're, the way they're doing this right now. Yeah. And and I think we talked a little bit about this last month or maybe before that, but it's kind of falling into that thing that the original Marvel series did because that, that series had to work within the constraints of a new hope and then not stepping on anything that was to come in empire strikes back where, and so they would split characters up and they couldn't do a ton with Luke and they couldn't have Luke meet Vader and all this type of stuff. So they, they focused on Han and Chewie kind of being off on their own and Luke and Leia and and the droids and everything kind of doing their own thing. And, And I think we're kind of seeing that again with the current Marvel series is there's just I, I think it's difficult for them to build stories within the framework of what we already know exists in the movies that involve everyone working together and being together. I, th- I think just by the very nature of them having those restrictions, it's it's making it tough for them from a storytelling standpoint. And I think it's suffering because of that. And 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 I mean, I kind of got behind because I was there was an arc that I wasn't crazy about, and then. The next one after that I thought was interesting where they went back to Jeddah, which we saw in uh, Rogue One. And I, and I kind of liked all that. We see kind of what's going on there with the, you know, what's left of Saw Gerrera's resistance and that type of stuff I thought was interesting because I really love Rogue, Rogue One. But uh, yeah, then I don't know, it kind of lost me again. So I, I think I'm with you. It's 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 a little bit of a tough read right now. And I yeah, like I said, there's, there's three, like completely different storylines going on right now too so like they each have their purpose but it's it's too it's too much for me um i like i like some of i think that's why i like dr afra so much is you're just telling stories set in the star wars universe with an awesome main character that can play that is playing both sides you know working for the empire working for the rebels working against the empire working against the rebels like really just looking out for herself and i really i really like it um 
she takes a little bit of the Han character, a little bit of the Leia character, a little bit of the Luke character, and it's all kind of meshed into one. But you don't have to worry about the fact that she knows Vader, but also knows Luke. Like, because she's not canon, really. And she can exist in all those places because she can she can be a tie that, you know, knows both. So you get them all in your comic, but you, know, you don't have to worry because it's not Luke meeting Vader and, and kind of ruining or, you know, challenging the canon. She gets to exist in all those places at once. So I'm, I'm having a lot more fun with with that um, than I ha- than I am now with Star Wars. Yeah, that's a great point about her. She she can really exist in a nice little pocket of the universe that doesn't step on anything else. I, that's, a, that's a great point. And actually, speaking of Star Wars and other kind of stories that, that can work within the framework, um, on your recommendation, I picked up Target Vader. Uh, I don't know how many issues have come out. I only read the first one, but I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, the second one's good, too. Um yeah, so Target Vader continues on. And again, it's another one where there's a couple characters that we know from the um, Star Wars universe, um, but they're doing the same thing. They're telling a story set within the universe with cool characters, but they don't have to worry as much about canon because they're not, they're not trying to tell huge stories. They're just trying to tell a good story. Right, and, and even though this group of bounty hunters that are hired to take out Vader, you know, they don't succeed, but that's, that's okay. I've never, I've never disliked that type of storytelling and framing. Uh, some novels start that way where, you know, you literally are at the end and it tells you what is happening, but it's the journey. It's how you're getting there. So, uh, so I'm really liking this. I brought in some, some cool bounty hunter characters that we know like Dengar and stuff like that. And, and I, I think it's going to be a fun ride. So, yeah, I'll have to pick up issue two because I really did enjoy that one. So Yeah, issue issue two came out on the 14th. So it's not, yeah, it was just a couple weeks ago. Um, and it, it, it reminds me very much of uh, the Vader series, too. Because you knew, like, every time he was going up against somebody, he was going to win because he... Is, right. You know, he's Vader. <laughs> he's Vader. So, yeah, I don't... I, yeah, I'm just interested to see how it all pans out. So... Um, but yeah, I think Dr. Afra will be my ongoing and then the, the target Vader is just a, a six issue run anyhow. So I'll stick with that probably till the end, unless for some reason three and four get real bad, but you know, two is just as good as one. So yeah, I'm, I'll definitely keep going with that one because I'm, I did enjoy that first one. So yeah, but I'm, I think, um, in terms of the, the rest of like the, the main, star wars story arc there i i think i'm done for a little bit maybe i'll come back um but it's it's just too yeah no sorry i i was gonna say i'm i'm curious to see what they do once the timeline hits empire strikes back because they can't they you just can't there's such a finite amount of time between a new hope and empire strikes back you can't keep living in that time frame and realistically be doing all these things so that at some point they've got to get us to Hoth and Empire and then time jump and then deal with the aftermath of, of Empire Strikes Back. When they get to that point, that I'll, I'll be very curious about what happens there. So I, I'm not quite ready. I don't read a ton of books every month anyway, so I'm not ready to completely stop my sub for, for Star Wars. But 
but yeah, it's been it's been a little bit of a slog, and that's kind of disappointing. See, I'm I want like stories from Jedi to The Force Awakens. Yeah, and I, I assume if it keeps going, they'll they'll get there eventually, and that's right. probably their long term goal. But uh, right, yeah, um, yeah, but I can't imagine sales are doing quite as well with this right now. I'm just they're not. They're not that interested. It's it's really hard to have C-3PO and Chewbacca be the main characters in a storyline. <laughs> right, right. They're yeah. both good characters, but they're not great together. Like, yeah, you don't it's... even get the Albert and Costello or the Laurel and Hardy. Like, they're not... They don't play off each other that well. Like, you expect Han and Leia to play off each other. You expect Luke to use R2 as his, like, sounding board. But like, like three PO has to translate everything Chewie says. Um, <laughs> it, it, it sounds like three PO's voice. It doesn't sound like Chewie's voice. So, right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh well, well, hopefully, yeah. hopefully, we'll see what over. happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, I did want to speaking of translation, sort of in a roundabout sort of way. Uh, I picked up. Did you pick up Conan the Barbarian Exodus? Yes. So, and did you read it? I did. Okay, so I, I read that. I, I didn't really know anything about it, but um, the folks uh, down at Midgard put it in my sub uh, since they're like, oh, it's Conan, you're getting Conan. I was like, yeah, no, that's great. I, I didn't know what to expect. It's um, it's by, oh, shoot, I've forgotten his name already, um, Isab Radik, something like that. I apologize. Yes. I don't, it, yeah, did I get yeah. it right? Uh, again, your, your ability to pronounce names is going to far exceed mine. So I'm going to say yes, based on looking at the name. So okay. it's E-S-A-D and then last name R-I-B-I-C with the little, the umlaut. No, not an umlaut. It's the, uh, the accent. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Isab yeah. Radik. Uh, yeah. so very interesting. It, it takes, it takes you to Conan at age 15, setting out from Samaria, leaving his home, and, and going forth. And it's presented almost like G.I. Joe silent interlude style. The first 10 pages or so, there are there's no dialogue, no thought bubbles, no exposition of any kind except the pictures doing the storytelling. And then when you do get some dialogue, it's all in a, in a language that they don't translate. It's all these different types of... Uh, characters that are not not english so you you still don't know what's being said and i i didn't know what to think of it the the artwork was all over the place some of it i thought was fantastic it's almost like a painted type style and then some panels i thought looked looked really bad like especially some of the facial stuff with conan um and and overall it wasn't particularly compelling i don't know i was i was not impressed with it what did you think so what's really funny is you mentioned the facial expressions. So I went into it, you know, I just bought it, you know, because it's one of the Conan ones. Um, but this is going to get to another comment I have, but we'll just we'll do this first. And I'm like, oh, this is neat. It's him. There's no there's no um, speech bubbles in anything. This is kind of neat because it's you know, we're not even going to get the inner monologue stuff. Um, and I was, I liked it, you know, I'm a few pages in and then there's this scene where he's like getting some fresh water at like going to get fresh water at the river and he has his facial expression. I'm like, 
what 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 is that um because i see i see this weird expression it's like oh we found water okay that's weird there's a bear in the water and there's this facial expression that looks like oh my gosh it's a teddy bear that i get to play with like yes i don't know i'm i'm there's all these panels where i'm completely thrown off by his facial expressions i just don't understand what they are you know to your point the facial expressions don't seem to fit what was happening in the story and that was really weird and what would have been cool scenes towards the end are just implied so yeah i don't i liked the idea but i did not like the as much of the artwork and some of the storytelling yeah yeah it was and i'm not i'm not disappointed i piced it up but it just i don't know i i think it was an ambitious type of thing that they attempted that just didn't quite work for me so and i don't know you know maybe maybe other people really enjoyed it but i i yeah for whatever reason it just didn't this didn't hit with me yeah but But uh to I think I'm going to go down to one Wolverine a month. I'm in that one Wolverine, one Conan a month. Okay, uh, which which one is kind of won you over? I I got to go back because I get them both confused. So, <laughs> And I also didn't pick up the new companion storyline there. Um, Valeria. Valeria number one came out. Yeah. I have not read that, but I, I just, in my defense, Jamie, I, I just picked it up. We're recording on Friday and I picked it up Tuesday. So I haven't had a, haven't yeah. had a chance, but I did pick it up. Yeah, I'm. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm definitely not picking that up. So I, um, I'm gonna make a decision. You know, this month about which one I do. I think it's gonna be Conan the Barbarian, only because I really, really liked issue eight. Issue eight uh, was fantastic. It was which really was good. fantastic, and I'm trying to kind of remember if I can even remember what issue eight was for the other Conan series. So yes. Savage Sword kind of wrapped up that arc that it was on, and is is going with a new one now. So Savage Sword had been the one. I, I'm enjoying them both, but Savage Sword had been kind of having the like a slight edge for me. But um, we'll have to see where this new story arc goes. But but issue eight of the regular series Conan the Barbarian was so was just really well done Conan goes back to uh his home and I I won't spoil anything but things are (laughs) things have changed uh, to say the least and it's just it's just a really good classic type Conan story it was uh and I really and that's what I think I really liked it yeah so I don't think I even picked up yeah I didn't pick up Savage Sword 8 um so i guess i did make the decision already um, <laughs> I guess so yeah yeah because i'm not i'm trying to remember what which one seven even what now i'm looking at seven real quick oh conan the gambler i i enjoyed that one because it felt like a little like sort of self-contained it was sto- yeah. type of story which is a throwback to the old marvel series uh, yeah so so I, I did like that one but um but yeah, eight of the regular series was was so well done. That's yeah, so it. I think I think I, I think I'm I'm gonna drop you know the Savage Sword of Conan um, and stick with Conan the Barbarian. Gotcha. That's yeah. all really I've been reading. So um, anything else that you wanted to talk about? Uh, yeah, I got a couple that I want to talk about. So I'm just trying to see when this came out when we recorded. So we re- yeah, I must have talked about that one already. So yeah. 
Um, I was just going to mention Spider-Man Life and Times again, but we already did that one. Um, so, oh, I picked up, those are older ones. I'm just trying to see the newer ones here. So Marvel is doing History of the Marvel Universe 1 through 6. I think I'm going to wait. Uh, and this may be one that I buy they, when they put out in a trade as a hardback trade because it's too hard to read digitally. Most digital comics are great, but this has a lot of like fine print elements to it. And but basically what they're trying to do is tell the story of the Marvel Universe from the inception of in a comic format, not in a actual historical real life format. So like how the universe began um, all the way up, I assume, to modern times. So most of the first issue is all about like the celestials and the gods and the watchers and all of that stuff, which is super confusing most of the time because it's told from kind of different stories or it's part of different character storylines. So they did a neat job of kind of organizing all of that information into, into one spot. Uh, but like I said, it's a little hard to read digitally because it's a lot of panels with a lot of information tied into it. Uh, but what's neat is, so they tell the story and at the end, they then reference where, which comics it came from. Like, you know, so it's, it's really neat. And it's one that I think I'm going to want to own as a physical, you know, hard, you know, well, softbound, but book, uh, when they, when they finish up that series. Huh? Yeah. That's interesting. Cause I, I don't, I mean, maybe I don't know the full, you know, history of everything they've done in the Marvel Universe, but I, I'm not sure they've ever really tackled much of where the Watchers and Celestials and all those come from, really. So there's a little bit of it, some of it, like, and they go back to, like, you know, it's it's told from, like, Galactus's point of view, um, because he is... Like he's one of the he was one of the first people to enter our our universe or the Marvel universe. Um, you know, his came he came about from the collapse of another universe. So it's it's Franklin Richards who I, I don't even know all of his story, but he's they're at the end of our universe. So basically, the final entropy of our universe is coming about. So. All other life is gone. Molecules have stopped moving around. Like it's the, it's the true end of our our universe, and all that's left is Franklin Richards and Galactus. And they're they basically, I think, what they're trying to do is prep Franklin Richards to do what Galactus did, which was to move out of his universe into our universe um, and start a new one. So Franklin's asking him for like a recap of everything that's happened in in this universe up until this point and it's neat and so it's it's a story like he's telling him a story and they do it and there it is every page is jam-packed with stuff like to the point why like i said it's it's almost impossible to to read in a digital format oh wow Huh. Well, it does sound interesting, though. It's super interesting. The second one just came out this week, but I was like, nope, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, this is not one that I'm going to buy twice. I'm going to wait. And when they put it out as a trade, I'll get it. Um, and I can't imagine they won't do it as a trade because it is so, it is so packed full of stuff. This is what I'm trying to see how many pages this is. This is, 
uh, browse pages. It's it's thirty five pages, so it's oh, wow. yeah, and it's it's jam packed. Yeah, that sounds cool though. Yeah, and there's a lot of like um because like once they're done telling the story and they're showing you where they pulled it from, there's a lot of original artwork and stuff in there. Um, so it's it's really neat to see kind of some of where these characters were like the first time, like old drawings of Odin and Fing Fang Foom and um, the uh, Inhumans and the the Eternals. Um, yeah, uh, all of that stuff. That's pretty neat. That's yeah, it cool. is. It is. It's it's cool. So that is one that I definitely recommend. That one I think is going to be. I don't normally care about having physical copies of stuff, but I think this is one where a physical copy is going to be way better. I agree because then I can borrow yours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have also been reading the new Powers of X and House of X. It took me a little while to understand what was going on. And in fact, I actually had to reference like the, the interwebs to kind of give me a little bit of clue as to what was going on. It is so I like it a lot. The without ruining any any of it, you're in each issue of Power of X and House of X. You are seeing a story unfold that t- that started ten years ago, takes place now, takes place a hundred years from now, and takes place a thousand years from now. Oh, wow. um, so it is really well done. They introduce a awesome new mutant that i don't really want to give away because it's 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 worth the reveal it is a character that is well known in the kind of x-men universe but you didn't realize was um was a mutant um or at least in this storyline is a mutant so um but the power of x and house of x are tying in with each other the house of x is much more what is happening now the power of x is the one that is jumping in those powers you know power of x so times 10 so 10 years ago now 100 years from now a thousand years from now so it's you know it's multiplying that times the power of 10 so super super fun nice. um, yeah i did also pay is um comiXology unlimited um i've been trying to use that more and buy less comics you i think you're gonna like this one ian so there's a there's a novelist called Jim Thompson. I had never heard of him. Um, he wrote kind of uh, true crime uh, novels. And apparently he was considered one of the like grittier uh, guys who was out there. I actually went down a whole rabbit hole reading about about him. He uh, Did you ever see the movie The Grifters? No, yeah, so I'm aware does, of it, but haven't. Yeah, seen it. so he did. He, that's based on one of his stories. You know, Stephen King is a big fan of his. Uh, Kubrick was a fan of his. Um, so um, uh, Harlan Ellison was a fan of his. Uh, so, in fact, I will probably go back and read the actual novel. But the they did a uh, basically a, a comic version of the Killer Inside Me. It is awesome it is it is really good um but basically it is this the the outline is you have a deputy sheriff um in a small texas town that seems podunk and dumb 
but he is extremely smart and he is consistently battling urges to murder everyone around him. Oh wow. Okay. And it is and it, it takes place in like the like the 50s, 60s and it is fantastic. It does not have a happy ending. Uh it does not have very many happy points at any point during the story, but it's re- it is an excellent story. Um and if the actual novel's half as good as the comic version, um I'm really kind of excited to read it. Nice. Okay, and that's on Comicsology Unlimited. That's yeah, and it's it's the the way it's listed is it's so it's an ID w publication it's jim thompson's the killer inside me nice okay yeah i'll check that out so uh i also went back and found uh, something that had just popped up on comiXology was marvel 1985 did you ever read that no i remember when it came out but i i did not read it so i it it, you know it was recommended to me because it's a mark miller uh storyline so cool it's one of those like comics crossover into the real world type of stories so like what would happen if a whole bunch of marvel villains were all of a sudden in like a small town in uh i think it's i don't even know if it's texas but again but it's like small town america what would kind of happen and how would we fix it and it's it's really neat uh it's a neat little story it's just six issues uh but that's also on comicsology unlimited right now um Man, so, you know, Mark Miller is probably one of my favorite storytellers in comics, um, and he does a great, great job with this. Nice. Yeah, I, I like Mark Miller a lot, too. So, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah so that that's, um, and then, I, you know, I have my, I have some other ones that I've been reading, like, I've, I'm still keeping up with Invaders, uh, The Sword Daughter, Doctor Strange, picked up a new one, Space Bandits, um, if that picks up and gets better, I'll, I'll talk about that. The last one I want to mention, because it'll also tie in with what we're doing um, for the somebodies, is Death's Head. I had never heard of this character previously, but when I saw the cover, I was like, what is this guy? Like, um, And I wanted to read it. There, it's just a short four-issue run with this character, and we'll talk a little bit more about him in a couple of minutes. But what I also want to mention is... The other characters that are in this, and I think the way they're trying to tie it back in with what's happening, is they're taking Hulkling and Wiccan from the Young Avengers. What's super interesting is Hulkling and Wiccan are, you know, boyfriend and boyfriend. Uh, and they live together. And part of the story that keeps, like, taking place is, like, their interactions in their apartment. Um, and I found that super interesting because it's, it's lightly mixed into the, the storyline, very similar to how in the past you would have like, you know, the, the romance between like, you know, Storm and, um, well, different characters, you had Storm and, um, like Black Forge. Yeah. Forge and stuff. You'd, so you'd have those like interesting little romantic moments inside, but this is one of those things where it's it's not the center, but it's interesting, and it's one of those things where they don't. It, we've gotten to a point, which is nice, that nobody cares that it's two guys. Like they're just they have the same. Right. It's just it's just are, a relationship. It's just a relationship, uh, and it's neat, and it's it's so casual that you don't remember that they're two guys living together like and that's i guess that's one of the reasons why i like it i don't like either one of their characters that much um wiccan a little bit more than hulkling but 
other than that, I think it's, you know, it's a really, in, I'm glad that they can do that now in comics um, and not have anybody think anything of it. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, we'll talk a little more about Death's Head later. All right. Yeah. Uh, anything else uh, for the poll list? No, that's good. That was a lot. <laughs> All right, we'll move on. Lord Aku, the samurai has escaped our clutches once again. You have failed me again, my daughter. If the foolish samurai has once again escaped, then you shall be banished. Dad, you need to chill out. It's time to go on a Geek Nation tour. A what? A Geek Nation tour, where they have tours of Middle Earth, feudal Japan, and even a Star Trek tour. No, we must capture the... Wait, did you say Star Trek tour? Yep. To geeknationtours.com. It is entitled, Naturan de Manto, roughly translated, Book of the Dead. The book is bound in human flesh and inked in human blood. All right, welcome to Read This, where we discuss a trade paperback or some sort of story collection or even sometimes a single issue that we want you to read along with us. And last month was my choice, and I picked Batman, A Death in the Family, because it's a it's a classic story. It's the, the famous or infamous even death of Jason Todd uh, at the hands of the Joker and also at the hands of comic book readers, really. Uh, and I had never read it, although I was very familiar with it. So I, I thought it'd be a good one to read. And so that's the one I picked. Uh, I just finished it up today. Uh, I don't know about you, Andy, but I mean, I knew like the crux of it. I knew Jason Todd was beaten within an inch of his life by the Joker, left in a warehouse with a bomb, and died. I had no idea about all this other stuff with, like, Beirut and Ethiopia and looking for his – Jason Todd looking for his mom and the Joker trying to sell a cruise missile. There was so much in there that I was absolutely not prepared for. So – me too. In fact, that awesome flip page reveal of who the Joker is going to work for. I was like, this is so 80s. Like, <laughs> yeah, it so, really was. In fact, I almost don't want to mention it so people who haven't <laughs> read this can get get that surprise. So if we can try not to mention who <laughs> yeah, the Joker yeah. goes to work for, that would that would be excellent. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So I know this storyline from Red Hood. And, right. bas- and basically bringing, well, however, I can't even remember how that storyline goes exactly, but basically bringing Jason Todd back to life and, and that storyline. So that storyline does touch a little bit on the that kind of that scene towards the end of what is only the third issue in this four issue set too, which was the other surprising thing to me as well was that the the death of Jason Todd takes place not at the end of this arc, but you know, well, three quarters of the way through the arc. So that was that was interesting in and of itself too. But yeah, I I get like you said, I didn't realize it was all those other things. I just thought I didn't know where that storyline really came from. I just remember kind of the Red Hood part of it. Yeah, yeah, and it's you know knowing just like I said the basic bones of it that. Jason Todd is is beaten almost to death and left in a warehouse. You think, oh, it's in Gotham City. You don't think, oh, it's in that's probably going to be in Ethiopia. 
<laughs> but, it, but it totally was. And and that said, uh, overall, it was very 80s, as you said. It, it came out in uh, 1988, uh, and it definitely had that 80s vibe to it as far as the storytelling. There's some, there's some ham-fisted type stuff in there, and a ton of recap stuff, too. Like, a whole bunch of the final issue is recapping how we got to this point where, you know, Jason Todd is, has become a little bit of a loose cannon and, and Batman takes him, um, you know, he's Jason Todd is, is the second Robin and, and Batman takes him off the street because he feels like he's a little unpredictable. And then Jason Todd begins to, uh, he, he's wandering around and ends up back in his own in his old neighborhood and this woman that, that knew his parents gives him this box of uh, memorabilia and he discovers that the woman that he thought was, was his mother is not and that leads him like to look for he narrows it down to these three potential women and, and so you get the story of him trying to figure out who it is meanwhile the Joker is as I said trying to sell a cruise missile to uh, Middle Eastern uh, entities and <laughs> that part is, is just very bizarre so there's a lot of it that's that's very 80s but I will say one thing I loved the, uh, of from it being you know of that time is the artwork I loved the artwork by uh, Jim Aparo it's to me now his Joker he draws him with the kind of you know the elongated chin and the the very um, kind of almost caricature type, but his Batman to me looks like classic Batman, and that that's what I liked. Uh, that's funny. I it drives it? me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like the art in this drives me crazy. Uh, uh, it re- like I was like the only the only comic that I really like in this style is GI Joe. The these uh, I don't. This reminds me of when Batman is still wearing the ridiculous costume that he's wearing in this, that he doesn't have to anymore, that he could have gone more to like the sleeker costumes that he has now in terms of the cape and stuff. But for some reason, he still has the super, super pointy ears and everything. And the giant yellow utility belt. Yeah. yeah. Well, one thing that I noticed. Although, too- it's a good thing he had that utility belt because then he yes. had his mini Geiger counter. <laughs> That's right. That's right. The one thing that I did notice in the art is there were so many repeated panels. It almost looked like an old school cartoon trying to to save money. Like there were so many panels of just like Batman from like the neck up, just not saying anything, staring straight ahead. I was I was a little surprised by that, but um, yeah, I mean, it, and it might be a nostalgia thing because that to me looks like it, it's a very Neil Adams esque Batman, and Neil Adams is my favorite Batman artist, so that might be why I why I like it with the big pointy ears and stuff like that. But um, uh, I did enjoy, and I did something different. I had not done this before. I was reading it on Comixology. uh, And what I did is I had had my laptop hooked up to the TV in my bedroom to watch. um, There was something, I can't remember what it was. It was something that I, I couldn't access through one of the streaming apps. I had to actually watch it on the internet. So I hooked an HDMI cable up to the TV. So I did that. Uh, to read this comic, so I was getting huge panels like on the TV, to and and it's just crisp and sharp. So that might have been why I, why I liked the artwork as well because it it just looked really good in that format. Uh, yeah, I can yeah I can imagine it would. Um, I did have I think this is another one too that I think in certain instances older comics like this don't translate as well to the panel of a. Um, uh, of an iPad, um, because the print 
the print is that it's that weird stylized print. So like I had trouble reading it, not trouble reading it, but it just wasn't as smooth reading as. Do you use the the guided view where it pulls each panel up, or do you just look? No, at No, because by I page? Not, I like to, I need to see all the panels on a page. I don't I don't like the guided view that much. Um, I assume that a a page is laid out in a particular way um, on purpose, so I like to see the whole page at the same time because oftentimes yeah. i look at the whole page and then i go to the panel that i need to read yeah i i, I do agree with that um i'm not sure it, and may, it may vary for how they set up each individual comic but a lot of them in guided view will show you the full page first and then it'll pull you into the yeah. individual panels because i agree i do like to see the entire layout of the page that's a huge part of the art and the artist's particular style is how they do layouts. So uh, I agree that is that is a nice part of it. But yeah, if without the guided view, I mean, I suppose on the TV it would have been better. But it, without the guided view, uh, like on my Kindle or whatever, yeah, same thing. I can't I can't read it. Yeah, because what like there are many pages where there are six to nine panels on a page. Yeah, yeah, it's jam packed and and long issues too, like forty page issues is crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, overall, uh, and I'm glad we read it because it is a it is a, a milestone, and obviously we didn't even talk about the the whole. I don't even want to call it a controversy, but whatever it was, it was it certainly had never been done before. Where when Jason Todd is left, you know, the explosion happens. You don't know if he's if he lived or or, or died, and then DC gave you two phone numbers to call for comics fans to decide the fate of Jason Todd. And I'm looking, I'm trying to see what the final, I, I just remember the final tally was incredibly close, like within a thousand votes, if not fewer. Um, so I'm trying to see, yeah, I, I can't find it right in here and I don't want to take forever to, um, but anyway, it was uh, Jim Aparo, uh, I mentioned before was the artist, uh, Mike Starlin was the, um, was the writer. Uh, here it is. Okay, so so the two numbers were active for 36 hours from September 15th, 1988 to September 16th. Uh, it cost 50 cents to call. Uh, approximately 10,614 votes were cast, and when tallied, uh, within yeah, within well, not as close as I thought, but oh no, even closer. 5,343 in favor of his death to 5,271, just 72 votes difference. Wow. Um, people deciding to, to kill Jason Todd, <laughs> which that in itself, like that they did that was very interesting and it had never been done before. And, and it feels like something that would have been much more of this time where we have like you can text to vote for, you know, American Idol or whatever, that type of thing. But to think that people cared enough, one way or the other, to kill off Jason Todd or to keep him around, cared enough to spend 50 cents and make a physical phone call when, like today, again, we carry around our cell phones, not a big deal. But back then, like, to actually take the time and money to make this call is kind of crazy to me. Oh, yeah. But, but I mean, it, neat that they did it and kind of crazy also that fans disliked him enough to kill him off, which is kind of weird. Wait a second. Wait, wait. What numbers did you have? Because I have different numbers. Oh, do you? So the one I have on Wikipedia is that there were five thousand three hundred and forty-three in favor of his death to five thousand two seventy-one for him to live. Wow, that's crazy. Because it says of the like I was looking at another page. It says of the more than seventeen thousand votes cast since its November sixteenth launch, um, 
71%, so 12,091 votes, uh, polled uh, opt for his survival, where 5,025 voted in favor of not changing history. Oh, wait, uh, you're talking about something different. You're talking about, cha- you're talking about changing uh, history. You must be looking at something different. They must have... They must have um, Maybe they did like a retcon thing. Yeah, like a like a new yeah. yeah, here it is. I'm looking at it. It's so it looks like oh, I can't find it, but um huh. that's, that's interesting. Weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I wonder if they tried to they might have tried something more modern with it. But um yeah, just just fascinating that they that they did that and left things in in readers' hands and it, and they actually killed him off and that led to the introduction of Tim Drake as the uh, as the third Robin. So just uh I don't know, just kind of a fascinating moment. Oh, one hundred percent, yeah. In, in comic history, yeah. yeah. Overall, not a great story, um, but again, a, a major point in Batman's continuity, and and something that I think, if you have Comicsology Unlimited, it's free on there anyway. It's only four issues. I think it's worth reading for the historical aspect of it, and also just to kind of just kind of see how wonky it is too, with the eighties, <laughs> just the just dripping eighties. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's yeah, it's dripping in the eighties. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I, I I think it's worth reading. Uh, so although I, I, not, I would check it out, I don't think it's free anymore. Oh, is it not? Did it come no. off? I, okay, yeah, it came off. It came off right before I had to buy it for this show. Oh. Um, <laughs> sorry, sorry, you had right. to spend money on it. That's um, all right. I didn't mind. Uh, like I said, it was. It was. It was uniquely 80s. Um, um, they, it was very anti-Arab. Uh, it was very pro-CIA. Yeah, um, yeah it there's was... definitely some jingoistic stuff in there. Superman shows up, and uh, yep. it's almost shades of um, uh, Dark Knight Returns yep. with his, with kind of what his he's doing there. So, yeah, yeah. it's 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 very much placed in its time, but it's um, but I, I think it's worth checking out. And it's and it's also before you get to the era of like Joker just shooting people with a hand, like a handgun. He still loves still killing. in kind of the crazy, yeah, the crazy yeah. schemes. Yeah, Although yeah. he does shoot at least one guy in the back of the in the head, so yes. like, it keeps yeah. that going at least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So death in the family. I think it's worth checking out. And it is Andy's turn to pick. Have you made a selection for next month, sir? Oh no, I have not. I knew there was something else I was supposed to do. All right, we'll 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 have something before before the end of the show here. Okay. All right. Well, let's move on. GameMat.eu creates mats to game on. Bring your games to life and conquer the mightiest cities or discover long lost realms. Each battle mat is made from the finest rubber based mouse pad material, so you can simply change your tabletop into a battlefield in no time. You can get your mat in a variety of sizes, plus you have your choice of resin terrain to add to your mat. Game on with GameMat.eu. And please don't make the super suit green. Or animated. All right, this is The Somebodies, where we highlight a character that you may not know that much about. And this time around, it was someone that Andy and I don't really have much familiarity with, but he mentioned in the poll list that he has started reading something about it. So Andy picked Death's Head for this one. So Andy, what did you want to say about Death's Head? So first off, if you want an iconic-looking robot from the 1980s... (laughs) Go get Death's Head. Um, he, uh, so he, like I said in the 
pull list. He does have a new four issue run. Uh, I'm going to try to see if I can find either through Comixology or um, some of the older ones. But he originally came out of um, Marvel's UK titles. Um, and originally, which was kind of interesting, he was intended as part of a Transformer uh, storyline as kind of a, a one shot kind of Transformers bounty hunter type character. Uh, but apparently they liked the art and story enough that they quickly did a one off story that was set in the Marvel Universe before he ended up in the Transformers universe, so Hasbro couldn't have the character. Which was the <laughs> other reason I was like, oh my gosh, we gotta talk about this in the somebody's because it's it's kind of relevant to that whole idea of what we were talking about earlier with Spider-Man and Sony sure. and Mo Marvel. Like basically how you get to keep him at like keep the character rights uh, and keep those character rights alive. But he did appear in a Transformers comic. He also apparently appeared in a Doctor Who comic as well. Um, but then he had some regular appearances uh, and, a, and a couple different versions of him um, through the Marvel Universe. He had his own run and he, he's appeared in others. Uh, but I like the um, the description of him in that he was basically we're never going to change him. He'll never change or compromise or grow or repent or agonize like most comic book characters. He is unchanging, uncompromising rock that other characters bounce off of, but you still kind of love him. Weird. Uh, so that was a quote from his kind of um, his creator there. Si his it was Simon Furman. Yeah. Right. Right. So yeah. And, and I like that idea and it, um, it seems to be that way now. Um, like I said, he's, he's got his new, kind of component um he doesn't he's not in a um a ton a ton of stuff um he was in infinity wars um or the actually the 2018 infinity wars um but yeah basically he was a robot that was designed as a a mercenary but i think they're trying to make some changes to that in the new one too but um and i i just thought it was kind of neat that you would have a character um that was designed specifically not to grow or change but to be, <laughs> be the same throughout his kind of continuity yeah yeah uh we mentioned simon Furman. he was the writer that created him uh the artist uh was jeff senior with uh they were with marvel's uk imprint at the time um another interesting bit from wikipedia says that Furman stated he chose the name death's head for the character while unaware of the nazi connotations referring to the waffen ss totenkopf division uh of the uh of the nazis which was which was which translates to death's head that's kind of crazy yeah, see, what's really funny is the uh, I knew that, like, I I knew about being a kind of a World War II buff, like, about that as well. I was like, but I, I just assume that when people come up with names, it's just like, when you're talking about, like, villains and robots and stuff, like, things are gonna get reused. Like, Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it's, it's a little bit tough, um, but it's one of those things where, yeah, he is so far from that kind of spectrum um, that I didn't even really, you don't really link them together. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So debuted in May of 1987, just for some context. Yeah. 
and he's had a couple kind of different variations too. So it kind of at the end of his first ongoing series, he was kind of beheaded uh, and assimilated into kind of a, a cyborg called Minion. So there, there have been some different versions of him, but kind of the original version was designed as that very 80s looking looking robot um, sure yeah huh Interesting. yeah no he was a good pick because um obviously timely that he has a new uh comic out but but also a good pick because sometimes it's fun to dig a little bit deeper i had remembered the character probably seeing an ad or something um you know, from from that time frame about him, and, and so I knew the name and kind of the design, but I knew nothing else. So, so that always kind of makes for a fun one too. To right. Think. This is and this is tough too because I I realize I don't know a lot about this guy, but I think one of the reasons I picked him too is I want to go back uh, and and find more more of the stories that he's he's in because I like the new ongoing one right now, but it's interesting too, because it also comes out of kind of a uh, a side of Marvel that is very different at times. So that whole UK Marvel imprint and like they were doing some of their own things over there. Um, at the same time you have, you know, what's happening in um, the Marvel U S um, because I think he's got some storylines with like captain Britain and MI 13. Um, so it's another reason why I want to I wanted to try to check him out a little bit um and get into the stories uh, a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a good pick. I I liked it. Now now I'm going to dig a little deeper too and, and plus we'll, you know, if you keep up with the the new comic, we'll we'll get to learn a little more about him too. So, yeah, no, I thought that was a good pick. All right, well, we are about to close up issue 25 of Hero Man and Sidekick Boy, but as we always do, just like at the back of your favorite comic, there's the mailbag. And uh, I was late putting it up, but we actually got some questions on our Facebook page. If you would like to join us on there, just look for Hero Man and Sidekick Boy on Facebook. And uh, I mentioned Jamie D. Egan-Searle's comment, asking how I have time for another podcast but not keeping up with my poll list. I'm going to try and do better Jamie, but then he, but Jamie goes on to say it's a, he, he enjoys the show and he thanks us for doing it and that he caught up with some episodes and he's, he's looking forward to reading some new stuff now. So, uh, thank you, Jamie, for, for being there. You, uh, uh, frequent contributor and, and, um, we really appreciate the fact that you're, you know, listen and, and got a little behind, but you caught up. So, and then you enjoy the show. So I, I do thank you for that. Um, Dave Farr, one of our co-hosts uh, and uh, in-house troublemakers from the Nerd Herders podcast, has a couple of uh, goofy questions that he's asked uh, about apple bottom jeans and things like that. But he also has – he has, I think, at least one legit question, maybe two. Um, he wanted to know what the best image comic running is. I don't read anything image. Andy, do you oh – what do you God. have? I re- so this is – so currently running is, is tough, um, but – they the image does saga which is one of the more popular comic uh series out there that neither ian or i read but dave uh, does which is funny <laughs> dave collects it i don't know if he actually reads it <laughs> that's a good, um that's a good i think dave's going for one of those um i'm gonna you know collect these and then eventually they'll be worth money um type of things um <laughs> So, um, but in terms of other good one, 
their east of west is one of my favorites. I don't talk about it a lot um, on the pull list just because I've been reading it for so long. Um, and I usually like to try to talk about like some new stuff that we've been doing. Um, but East of West is an awesome series. Um, you know, it's got robots, lasers, cowboys, demons, the uh, four uh, horsemen of the apocalypse and, um, and death's son in it. So that's, in terms of an ongoing one, um, another one is Black Science. That's another one I've been reading for a very, very long time. That is interdimensional travel um, and what happens when you bring your family, uh, your ex-wife, your current wife, your current wife's boyfriend, uh, your coworkers along with you. Um, so that's a that's another great one. Um, one that I don't read another one that I don't read, but is super, super popular birthright. The first, I think two volumes are on comiXology. If I wasn't so far behind and I don't already spend a lot of money on comics, I would probably try to buy some of the other volumes. Uh, but that's a really neat story too. Um, it's a mix of one of those real world and fantasy world. And then, well, I know it just ended, but walking dead was probably one of images most popular. Um, ones out there but and then the last thing i'll say is image does a lot of one-offs so image does a lot of mark miller's stuff so a lot of mark miller's short run stuff is is found on image comics uh but some recent ones that i read that came from image the last siege uh so that's set in medieval europe uh, the Dead Hand, that's set after kind of uh, the cold, the end of the Cold War. Shanghai Red, that's set in like the 1860s, 1870s uh, um, San Francisco area, kind of after the Gold Rush. Those are all kind of fantastic uh, image, um, image um, uh, imprints. Um, the Magic Order, that one is a Mark Miller, and that's supposedly going to become a Netflix series. Um, yeah, there's Image has a lot of really good short-run series as well uh, by a lot of really good um, writers and artists. Um, some other ones that we liked, Ian, like America's Got Powers is technically an image print. Um Invincibles was yeah. um, Astro City was to start Astro Cities was yeah so there's like to think that Image Comics isn't one of like is it, you, you always hear Marvel DC but I actually read probably more Image I definitely read more Image than I do DC and then I read almost as much Image as I do Marvel yeah <laughs> I just don't talk about it as much because some those are those are the series like East of West oh and um Manifest Destiny is another one. So East of West, Manifest Destiny, and Black Science are the three longest-running series that I have. Um, and they're all image prints. Nice. Yeah. All right. Now, now I just responded on the Facebook page that Dave will actually have to listen to the show to get all those answers. So we'll, <laughs> we'll see if that happens. Well, and Dave's cape or no capes, like, both. Well, it depends on the character. Like, Batman would look stupid without his, but Black Panther had, like, the little small cape for a while and that looked dumb so he's he's definitely better without it so. oh i thought he meant comics that feature superheroes or not superheroes oh yeah knowing dave it could be either one 
<laughs> oh, for me, it's uh, it's both. Like, I half of the comics I read are not superheroes. Yeah, like I you just did one I mentioned this month about um, you know this this story, you know, the one that's basically a true crime novel. Right, know? right. Yeah. Uh, Dave also asked about the Walking Dead ending. So our buddy Christian picked it up, and it was before game night, and he showed me the last couple panels. Uh, I don't know the context for it, so I'm I'm going to hold off. I am going to go check it out though, so I'll I'll hold off on commenting on that. But we'll we'll come back to that. Uh, Jason Bray, new contributor. Thank you, Jason, for uh, for chiming in on the Facebook page. He says, "Love the show and thank you for all the great comics to read for this newbie. Absolutely love Knights of the Dinner Table. Do you know of any more like that?" So I know of Knights of the Dinner Table, but I don't know that much about it. Like, I, yeah, it's, I, it's the same for one I've read. Yeah, I, same. I'm very familiar with it as far as like it existing, and I know kind of that it's you know like a nice comedy D and D type thing. So without knowing a ton about it, I, the one thing that did come to mind, and I don't even know if these have been collected in comic books or if it's just comic strips, but John Kavalik's uh, The Dork Tower came to mind. Um, which I think is a very, and people might know John Kavalik's artwork from the Munchkin games. Um, so that's the one that came to mind, but I'll do a little more research, Jason, and, and see what I can come up with for, for stuff that you might like that's in that same vein. Cause I, I have to admit, I don't, I don't know Knights of the Dinner Table that well, and I don't generally read more cartoony or comedy type stuff. So, so I'll, I'll dig around a little and see what we can uh, do for you, but thank you for, uh, for writing in and I'm glad you're enjoying the show. And the one I was going to mention real quick in there too is the Order of the Stick. Oh, that's uh, which a great. That's one. a great one. That's another one that is um, similar to that as well. Um, and but again, I I like all three of those that we've mentioned, but it's never been something that I've collected. Like when I see them every once in a while, I'll read them or something. But in terms, of, I don't. It's almost like I think of those as magazines and not comics, which is kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. All right. No, I think Order of the Six are great. Um, that's probably a great uh, recommendation. So, yeah. uh, last one. Dan Roberts asks, uh, "Do all the superheroes use dry cleaners?" I think I think we kind of get that in the Invincibles, right? With um, uh, what's her name? Is it Edna? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think we kind of get where where a lot of that comes comes from. But uh, but I, I I like Dan's comment. <laughs> like the he says, "There's like one specialized place where the motto is, we 'We'll never tell,' and that's yeah. Well, and, I think and, it's I think it's one of those things where you just assume that they they just throw it in their own washing machine. <laughs> yeah, like, or Alf, Alfred takes care of it if you're if you're Batman. So. Right, right. But it's one of those things like if you start to break down those little things, like yeah, the whole thing does, unravels. <laughs> the whole thing unravels. Like, what about all the characters that are always characters that never come out of costume? Like, what do they do? Like, do they never go out to dinner? Like, <laughs> right. Like, there's a lot of things. Like, do they own, like, like do they pay taxes? Like, where's their, na- like, where's their country of residency? Like, you know, is, are they citizens? You know, they're, yeah. You can't, yeah, you can't get into all that stuff. Um, but it's, uh, I know Dan was doing it to be funny, and I appreciate it. Yeah, so... We appreciate all the uh, all the questions this month. Thank you very much. If you want to interact with us, you can do so on our Facebook page, uh, Hero Man and Sidekick Boy, and we do a pretty good job of keeping up with that. Even Andy now, he's he's on the Facebooks again. So, yeah. all right. Well, I think we're ready to wrap up issue twenty five. Uh, this was a good one. I we had a lot of lot of fun stuff to talk about and uh, kind of all over the place, which is good because I I think uh, hopefully listeners enjoy hearing about a bunch of different stuff and then kind of 
figuring out what among those that we've talked about sounds interesting to them and, and checking it out. So I hope that's what happens. Uh, but uh, thank you as always, Andy. Thank you for putting up. We had some technical difficulties that hopefully uh, are, are behind us. Um, but thank you for uh, for being flexible and, and making it happen as always. I appreciate you. It was, uh, I, it was a great show. I uh, had a great time. Can't wait till next issue. All right, so Andy was looking through, and before we sign off, he was not able to come up with anything for Read This. So, And again, we like to have it ahead of time so you guys can read along with us. So please do go to the Facebook page, and we will announce it on there so that you can uh, be all set for issue 26. This is Ian Clark. That's Andy Howard. We are signing off and letting you know that this is a four-color world. We're just living in it. This has been Hero Man and Sidekick Boy, a part of the Freebooters Network. Please check out our Facebook page and head to the Freebooters Forum to engage with us about the current episodes or about things you'd like to hear us talk about. And please check out our sponsor, Geek Nation Tours. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for listening.